7.02. Healthy Lifestyle. It's 19 minutes to three and we are taking your questions regarding this matter, whether it relates to children or whether it relates to adults. Um, bedwetting can be a source of a lot of shame and, and embarrassment. And it is uh, typically seen more as a social disturbance than a medical disease. So we want to gain more understanding. So joining us now is Dr. Margaret Fokema, and uh, she is a medical practitioner specializing in in incontinence. Good afternoon and thank you so much for joining us, Doctor. Thank you very much and thanks for having me on your show. So let's start off with children. Um, at what age uh, do, do children achieve bladder control? Is there an accepted age? It varies from child to child and also in different cultures, but we usually start treating children for bedwetting from the age of five onwards. Ah. Sometimes you get a child who's younger who finds it very difficult that they're waiting and you'll treat them earlier, but mostly it's from five onwards. Mm. And what are some of the factors that affect the age at which uh, uh, waiting is considered? You said five and upwards, but what, what uh, contributes to this? We, we often find that um, children that are a little bit more mature are starting to say to their parents, I don't want to um, wait at night. My friends are teasing me or their older siblings that are already dry. Mm. And if it's causing emotional stress for the child, then I think it needs to be investigated and treated. If the child is totally oblivious and not worried and you've made sure that there isn't some underlying problem, then you you don't have to stress about it if the child's four or five and they're still wet in their bed. Mm -hmm. A lot of children achieve um, dryness by the age of three. But um, we, as I say, we only really start actively treating it from five onwards. I see. So what are some of the, uh, the anatomical reasons, if I can put it that way, that contribute okay. or lead to bedwetting beyond the, the accepted age? We basically divide bedwetting into primary and secondary causes. Mm. Primary is where you have a completely healthy child mm. and there's normally three causes. One is an overactive bladder. That means during the filling phase of the bladder, instead of the bladder just stretching, the bladder contracts. Mm. And it's not a contraction that has been um, stimulated by the brain. It's basically the bladder doing its own thing. So if the child's fast asleep and the bladder suddenly contracts, they will empty their bladder. They sometimes have symptoms during the daytime as well that they go to the toilet frequently or they can't hold the urine. So mm. the child typically will say to you, I need the toilet now, I can't hold. But five minutes earlier, they were fine. And that's your overactive bladder. Then we have a hormone called desmopressin or vasopressin, or sometimes referred to as antidiuretic hormone. Yes. Our brain produces the hormone at night, and it stimulates the kidneys to keep fluid back at night. So we concentrate our urine at night. We make a quarter of our total urine at night and the other three quarters during the day. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have enough of this hormone at night, then you're overproducing urine. So if your bladder could hold, say, 100 milliliters and you're making 200 moles, mm-hmm. you're going to overflow. So we call that polyuria, so overproduction of urine at night. And then all children that have a bedwetting problem tend to not wake up with the feeling of the full bladder. Mm. We have a center in our brain that wakes us up at night. So you could be in a deep sleep. If your bladder is full, your brain will actually wake you up 
with the need to go to the toilet and children with bedwetting sleep through that impulse. I see. And I that, think many of us, even as adults, have that experience of um, dreaming that and realizing that our bladders are full, that we need to go to the bathroom. We dream that we go to the bathroom when, in fact, we're still in bed. Um, and just before you release, then, you know, you realize that you're still in bed and have to, to stop yourself. So, as you say, there is a way of managing all of this neurologically um, yes, in, in our sleep. So I'll, I'll basically say for, for somebody to have um, a dry night, they need to have a bladder capacity that is large enough to hold the volume of urine that they're producing at night. Yes. They need to concentrate the urine at night and they need to wake up with the feeling of a full bladder. Okay. Let's take Megan's call from Boxburg. Hello, Megan. Hi, how are you? Very well, thank you. Good, good. Um, my son is currently six, well, six and a half, mm-hmm. and he still does wet the bed, but not as frequent as he used to. So basically, if I take the, at night, he doesn't drink fluids. If um, I'm very careful with what, obviously, he drinks after two o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So when I slip up, then he does wet the bed. And then... Um, yeah, so I don't, should I go to the doctor or what, what would you suggest? Because obviously we don't want to um, say something wrong to him or approach it in a negative way. All right. Margaret? It's very important that you do take him to the doctor and they can just make sure that there's not an other underlying cause. If you stop um, allowing him to drink at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, he's going to become very dehydrated. And we actually find that if you restrict fluid, it's counterproductive mm, yeah. because the child becomes dehydrated, they become constipated, and it's, it's a completely wrong physiological thing that you're teaching the body if you're restricting it like that. Okay. So I would, I would really, and it has actually been proven if you restrict fluid, you don't have any long-term success in okay. treating the bedwetting. So okay. I would go to the doctor for sure. Okay. okay, let's do triple check. Mm, and then just, and then obviously approaching the child, you know, if you um, approach it with negativity and anger, that's obviously, is it correct? No. no or must no. you, it's, or must it's you not, reassure, you know? And not shame. It's not yeah. the child's fault at all. Okay. Remember, they, they're wetting their bed while they're fast asleep. It's not a conscious decision to wet themselves at night. Yes. So they, they're not in control. So they need to realize that it's not their fault. They're not doing it on purpose. There is something okay. that can be done about it. All right. Okay. Megan, okay, good luck with that. Thank you. Uh, my guest is Dr. Margaret Forkema, um, and she is a medical practitioner specializing in incontinence, and we're talking about bedwetting. Um, let's go to Portia in Benoni. Hi, Portia. Um, hi, Zania. I would just like to share my story. Um, I'm 27 years old. And I have been waiting the bed until the age of 25. Until you were 25? Yes. And did you ever have that investigated, Posha? Yes, um, I did. I, I'm not sure. I think I was 14 or 15. I had a bladder operation mm-hmm. uh, to try and see what the problem was. Um, it was resolved for like a year. I didn't wait the bed. And then it went back to normal, I guess. I went back to waiting the bed. And what happened at 25 that uh, resolved this uh, bed wetting? I, I went out with my friends. I didn't really drink a lot. And when I woke up in the morning, the bed was wet. And I was the only one in bed. So <laughs> I kind of figured it was me. 
Oh, so when did, it's still ongoing, it's still going on. Yeah, um, it, I've managed to um, manage the situation. I'm, I I switch on the alarm mm. uh, for at least three times during the night, so I can wake up and go to 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 the loo. And I don't drink a lot of fluids before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just in case I might not be able to wake up and just wait the bed. And I I'm I currently am living with my partner right now, and I have a child, so it it would be really embarrassing. Um, in that situation yes. to wait the bed. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, Margaret, are there any questions that you have for Portia? Um, do you ever have any problems during the daytime? Beg your pardon? Do you have any do problems? Do you have any problems of waiting yourself during the daytime at all? No, um, I can't hold my pee for too long. And if you I do, I get an uncomfortable feeling uh, in the bladder area. Okay, it sounds as if you've got something that we call an overactive bladder. It can be treated very, very effectively. We treat it with medication. We treat it by taking things out of the diet that irritate the bladder and cause mm. the bladder to contract. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm asking you very nicely, please go and see your doctor because you can actually treat this condition. Mm. Oh, oh no, that's good. It's good to hear. I actually have given up hope on actually treating it medically because I figured since the operation couldn't help back then, then I, there's no hope at all. What was the operation for, Portia? Beg your pardon? What was the operation for? Um, apparently, uh, the doctor at the time said I had a bladder infection, uh. which was due to my um, overactive bladder. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's why I had to get that infection removed. Okay. Um, but, yeah. All right. So uh, as uh, the doctor suggests, it can be treated. So look into it. Investigate that. All right, then. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Down to diet. Um, yeah. We'll get... yeah, diet plays a big role. Uh-huh. Um, we, we found that there are quite a few things that, that irritate the bladder. So if you have something with um, caffeine in like most of your uh, cold drinks, tea, coffee, chocolate, that's a bladder irritant, um, milk products, spicy foods, okay. tomato-based foods, sugar, artificial sweeteners, smoking. Mm-hmm. All of these can actually irritate the bladder. So if you think when you drink a cup of coffee, you need to go to the toilet more, more frequently or sooner than you would have if okay. you'd had a glass of water. All right. Now, uh, someone with an irritable bladder will have any one of these substances and it will irritate the bladder and the bladder will start contracting and the brain interprets that contraction as a full bladder. Mm-hmm. And um, they, if, if you don't treat the condition, it often ends up with people starting to wet themselves during the daytime or even at night. I see, and hence the question to Portia about the daytime, how she, uh, what happens during the day. We'll come back to more of your calls after the break. My guest is Dr. Margaret Forkema, who is a medical practitioner specializing in incontinence. 702 Healthy Lifestyle. Um, it's now five minutes to three. Let's get some of the remaining calls and comments regarding uh, bedwetting. Mary, you're in North Riding. Your question for the doctor? Mary? Oh, hi. Yes. Yes, um, yes I, I'm a 65-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. I've had a bladder repair about 30 years ago. And, yeah, I do wake up at night and I do find I've wet the bed. And very often I'm just walking around or I'm just standing. I'm doing absolutely nothing. And the urine just dribbles out. Mm-hmm. And it's really embarrassing. And I, I just um, want to know, other than age, 
is there another reason? Okay. Uh, we'll uh, get a response for you in a short while, Mary. Thank you for the call. Uh, Mwiponi in Santon. All right, we've lost Mwiponi. So, um, Doc, would you please tackle Mary's uh, question there? Yes, no, sure. She had a bladder repair operation quite a long time ago. But there are a lot yeah. of things that could cause um, the leaking. And we need to have a look. If it's a structural problem, once again, it might also be an overactive bladder. As we age, our muscles do weaken and we do tend to leak more easily if we cough or sneeze mm. or lift something um, that's quite heavy. But I would suggest that she visits her doctor and that they assess her properly. But the important message is you can always manage incontinence. You can always treat it. You can't always cure it, but you can always make it better. Mary? And that, that, that uh, without actually examining her, it's hard to say what the mm-hmm. actual cause is because there's more than one cause that could be causing the problem here. I see. Mary, um, so the suggestion is for full investigations with your doctor. I'll do that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Fokema. It's my pleasure. Um, and some of you asking about what type of doctor to see regarding incontinence. I see uh, Azuma Wela on Twitter. It's a doctor who specializes in incontinence, such as uh, Dr. Margaret Forkema. Um, and um, questions as well that we couldn't get to. So maybe in future, it's a conversation worth bringing back in our health and wellness conversation.